This is Manly Anime for Manly Men. Other podcasts are a hundred years too early to defeat us. Uh, I'm Jack, and I'm here, uh, as always, with Nathaniel. Nathaniel, how you doing? Oh, you know, just waiting for the sweet embrace of death, as usual. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> uh, but in I, the meantime, you have to pass your time with anime. Yeah, that's it's. you just watch anime until you die. Uh, that's, that's how life goes. That's how it's been for centuries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right, on uh, on this episode, uh, let's see if I can get it in one. We're talking about Otome Game no Hamatsu Flag Shikanai Akiyaku Rejo ni Tensei Shite Shimata. Hell yeah. Uh, or My Next Life as a Villainous All Routes Lead to Doom. All right, you're not really giving me a, a lot to work with as far as mocking you goes with these pronunciations. Yeah, you're fucked. I practiced for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in front of the in front of the mirror, staring at myself in the eyes and being like, "You got this." Say say the gigantic title, and then it worked. I used the think system, <laughs> oh. but yeah, man, I love I love gigantically long titles. They're always a blast. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I somewhere along the line, I feel like light novelists in particular they didn't get the memo that a title doesn't have to be a complete sentence it yeah. could be a fragment or even just a word or two yeah it it's in fact it's a little more catchy sometimes but instead uh eventually we're just gonna have titles of of light novels that is like a complete paragraph you know it just takes up the whole front of the uh, of the book i say i feel like eventually the title is going to be the entire novel in itself I, then what would be on the inside of the novel there will be nothing it'll just you'll it'll be a gigantic title and that takes up like it's like tiny font that takes up <laughs> the entire front and then you open it up and it's completely blank on the inside <laughs> or it just says thank you <laughs> Yeah, just the copyright page, the dedications, that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly efficient. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, l- l- title aside, I, a lot of people just call it Hamefura or uh, Otome Game Villainous, which is probably what I'll be what I'll be calling it for the rest of the uh, the episode. Honestly, I'm I'm not going to say that whole title over and over again. If you want to, you can. Uh, this feels like a, a personal challenge that you're throwing out to me. I Yeah, I mean, if you want to take it as a personal challenge, you can. Do you want to only say the title uh, in its entirety every time? Uh, you know, I'll have to see how I feel after I watch uh, the show that we're going to watch. Otomo Gemu no Hametsu Flag Shika Nai Akuyaku Rejo ni Tensei Shite Shimata. That was all right. You did okay. I think you said Otomo or Gamo or something in there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, you, fuck you, you buddy. 
<laughs> All right. Um, so uh, with this uh, this show, uh, I, I've shown you a couple episodes of it, I believe, like yes. one or two, something like that. Uh, do you remember much about it? Not a whole lot. I remember it being good, though. Yeah. Okay. Then that's that's all you need to remember, really. Um, uh, this is uh, this is an isekai series, another world, uh, as it's known. Is this uh, is this our first isekai that we've seen? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Well, we here we are. There are, sure are a lot of these fucking things. There sure are. It's uh seems to be the trend these days. That and idol shows. <laughs> yeah. Eventually we'll have an isekai idol show where an idol gets taken to another another world and while she's there she like invents idol singing there. I would not be surprised if it already exists. I I'm sure it does. <laughs> and if not then we are millionaires, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if any if anyone makes it now, if we've got it on tape on this date, we can sue them. Yeah, we can sue the fuck out of them. And we'll get all their money. We'll have it. Then I guess the, isn't that like patent trolling? Anyway. <laughs> that's not important. Uh what is important is yes, the show is an isekai, but also it's good, which makes it different from most isekai shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I've seen a fair number of isekai shows, we'll say. Most of them are not interesting. Right. I think, like, the only one that really stands out in my mind is Konosuba. Oh, and that's... Uh, well, yeah, that that one's great. We might be able to get to that on this show at some point. You think? I don't know. It's, uh... It's on the edge of... I guess so. ...cute girls-ness. There, are certain, there certainly are some cute girls. Oh, absolutely. But... They also have massive glaring flaws. Well, but we will have to talk about that down the road. Uh, this show, on the other hand. Yes. This show, on the other hand, has uh, has no, like, every character in it is great. That said, um, this is a, sort of a rarity, I think, on our show, in that this is a show with men in it. What? Yes. In fact, there are actually quite a few. Why? Why are you? Why are you putting this shit in front of me, Jack? I know. What I'm sorry. Fuck? I'm sorry. You do. You will for the next couple, like for the next little bit. You'll have to look at men. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, as if I'm, you didn't get enough of that in the mirror. Well, well uh, I'm filing. I'm going to file a formal protest. I'll be watching this under protest. So hopefully this will get overturned at a later date. But mm. in the meantime, why don't you tell us what this is all about? This is a uh, a show about a girl uh, who uh, is named Katerina Klyas, who is a spoiled, rotten little prick uh, who uh, who uh, is uh, she's like the daughter of a minor noble, essentially. And uh, one day she trips and hits her head and uh, remembers the entirety of her previous life <laughs> where uh, in, a, in a previous life, she was a, uh, a high school girl in Japan who loved video games uh, and uh, died. Uh, I think she was hit by a car. I don't know. That's, that's usually how it happens in isekai shows. But the important thing that she remembers is when she was uh, alive in Japan, she really liked a game called Fortune Lover, which was a, a an Otome dating game, 
where you play as a girl uh, going around uh, and you have an option to date all of these various men. And another important detail in the game Fortune Lover, the villainess's name was Katarina Klyas. <laughs> and so, um, on comparing all of the things that she knows about the world that she finds herself in now to what she remembers about that video game, she realizes that she is in fact within that video game, and she is in the villain, or she is in the villain role. What happens to the villain? She remembers specifically that there are no endings in the game where Katarina is not exiled or killed. <laughs> so she takes it upon herself to change her fate and uh, and act uh, or go go through what you know what leads to different endings to try to piece together a future where she can live and be happy. Uh, and uh, and in the process, uh, doesn't really realize how much she's uh, she's really changing the game, uh, so to speak. Uh, it's well, uh, it's a good show. I like it. Well, and right off the bat, I have to say the premise sounds much more interesting than your average isekai anime, mm-hmm. where you get reincarnated in a generic MMO or what have you. Yes, I mean it. it I feel like. There are uh, it, the the plot itself does have a lot of just sort of normal slice of life ish type stuff wrapped in it that I'm not really touching on. Okay, um, but that's something we enjoy, so that that's not a problem. It's sure. not like she's gonna oh no, and now she has to fight a hundred slimes or whatever, and you know do some some bullshit MMO stuff. Right. Um, it's none of that. It's just. Her being like, what do I remember about this game? How can I change it? And then in between all those things, it's just her going around and living life as this sort of faux Victorian, you know, noble woman with all these friends and hanging out. Uh, and uh, it. and it's got a lot of a uh, lot of delightful characters. So and also a, a very fun reoccurring bit where uh, we're inside Katarina's mind uh, is is a, a small council of like five or six of her uh, with uh, one has a mustache and one is wearing glasses uh, and, uh, and they always debate what they should be doing at any one time. So it's uh, it's got a lot to like, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. I hope right. so. If, if you don't, we're going to have a very heated conversation in the second half of this episode. Okay. So either, either way it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I would say, I mean, the premise sounds cool. Uh, the, I liked the the little I've seen of it, and it comes with your recommendation. So mm. I'm looking forward to it personally. Yeah, yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to get uh, get off your chest before uh, before we we go uh, go in through the break or what? I no, I don't think so. I just have to talk about our lesser lesser anime. That's right. Uh, as as I said, as you said, yes, uh, we were going to take a break and come back, and we'll have seen the show. But first, uh, let's talk about lesser shows for lesser men. Uh, the segment where we quickly recommend or condemn an anime that we've seen that we normally would not talk about on this show. Nathaniel, what's your lesser show? Well, today I would like to talk about the 1995 OVA Gunsmith Cats. 
mm. um, which is about Rally Vincent, a smoking hot lady gunsmith who drives a 1967 Shelby Cobra GT500 and carries a CZ75 pistol at her waist. These are both extremely specific. <laughs> and her her uh, business partner, Minnie May, a 17-year-old runaway with an unsettling obsession with grenades and other explosive devices. <laughs> Together, they're the titular gunsmith cats, and they're roped into an investigating an arms smuggling operation after an ATF agent uses Rally's impressive but questionably legal gun collection to blackmail her. <laughs> um, so, this was created by the veteran mangaka and uh, anime uh, anime designer Kenichi Sonada who's worked on character design and other design for shows such as Bubblegum Crisis, The Wings of Honayamis, uh, <laughs> however the hell you pronounce that, yeah, by Gynax, um, character designer for Otaku no Video, um, and besides this, uh, also created the manga and uh, OVA Riding Bean, which mm. this this OVA um, and, and manga is itself uh, sort of loosely based on uh, as a spin-off. Um, and this one is a whole lot of fun. Um, not a not a whole. Don't go in expecting like any sort of depth of plot or anything like that. Uh, the director Takeshi Mori himself said. Films that make you think aren't my kind of films. I hope we can make viewers feel great. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so if you're in the mood for a show like that, this one really fits the bill. It's inspired by uh, classic Hollywood action films of the 1970s and 1980s. Um, and it it has a really great hand-drawn, hand-painted uh, animation, of course, uh, with some really terrific art direction. Uh, including a particularly standout uh, car chase in the second episode, which stands out because uh, for technical reasons that are beyond uh, what I understand about animation, they're notoriously difficult to animate, which is why you see a lot of CGI vehicles in, in more modern anime. Oh, yeah. They just There's really a put a lot, of, a lot of love and detail into not just this car chase, but the... the OVA as a whole. Um, there's a lot of attention to detail for the otaku out there because uh, it, Sonada is uh, famously a gun otaku who, who uh, said he had uh, over 150 replicas at one point. Wow. And so, and so the crew for this uh, traveled to Chicago, where the anime is set. They took a bunch of location photos. They met with the Chicago PD and uh, worked with the ATF to to work on some of the details. They fired some actual guns where they were in America, which is not an opportunity that a lot of Japanese animators get, even when they're working on action shows. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, can, you really see the, the detail for the gun or car otaku in this. Um, mm -hmm. There's also a fair amount of fan service with the girls, uh, including during 
during the uh, obligatory warehouse shootout scene, there's a completely ridiculous segment where a crane hook comes down and with laser-like precision rips off the front of Rally's blouse so that she has to finish the gunfight in her bra. Of course. <laughs> you know, as as happens. And to round it and to round it out, it's got a fantastic soundtrack uh, written by Peter Erskine, who was a drummer for Weather Report in the 70s and 80s. Right. Okay. Um, and it has one of my favorite OPs of all time, I would say. Uh, it has, uh, again, the Peter Erskine soundtrack uh, with this real... Uh, hard rock, uh, this real hard rock slash uh, jazz fusion mix to it, um, mm. and the opening song is great. It also the art style is fantastic in the OP. It really pops. It reminds me of uh, a lot of the Cowboy Bebop uh, opening. Mm. They, although this came out in 1995, Cowboy Bebop came out in 1998. So who knows? So fuck off, but, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> but it has this very similar pop art inspired style with all these deep blacks with rectangles created by the blacks with and then with saturated super saturated uh mono color uh sort of panels so to speak mm-hmm. okay. um so i i'll have to, i'll have to put the the opening in the show notes because if nothing else you really owe it to yourself to watch this op um but yeah like i said not a not a whole lot of depth to it but if you're in the mood for a very light, popcorn-y Girls and Guns show. This is one of the the best that you're gonna find out there. Mm-hmm. This was uh, this was the show that you were tempted by the the statue of, correct? Or was that uh, was that a different one? Uh, this that I think you're thinking of Riding Bean, oh, the other yeah. one I mentioned. Yes. But that okay. actually brings me to another point, uh, which is that I, in particular, I recommend searching out the anime the animego blu-ray uh, re-release of this and i'd just like to preface this by saying we don't receive any sort of money from anime publishers for anything that we talk about on this show uh it's because we have too much integrity and respect for our listeners definitely not because nobody in the industry knows who we are exactly and, yeah. and certainly not because robert woodhead the the head of animego refuses to return my drunken 3 a.m phone calls <laughs> So, yeah, we, let's just be really specific here. So here, here at Manly Anime for Manly Men, we uh, have integrity. <laughs> when when we shill, we shill for free. That's our it's manly natural. guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shit. it's a terrific uh, Blu-ray release. It's got uh, commentary tracks from Kenichi Sonada, the creator, and and uh, also Takeshi Mori, the director. Um, it's got. Uh, Feature uh, documentary featurettes about the making of, and the the remastering of it looks just incredible. Like if if you look at compare it to the DVD release, it's like night and day. Jeez, nice. I can tell you're extremely passionate about it. Oh, I, I this is this is a great one. It's just pure pure eye candy. Perfect, perfect. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna suggest something that. Well, while I uh, I would consider it eye candy as well, uh, I think it's eye candy in a bit of a different uh, in a bit of a different way, uh, and also brain candy, um, <laughs> if if that 
makes any sense. Um, uh, I am uh, I'm bringing along uh, the anime Hyoka, uh, made by uh, by the illustrious uh, Kyoto Animation. Uh, it's uh, it's an anime about uh, about a boy named uh, Hotaro Oreki, uh, who has, as he says, a uh, a policy of energy conservation. His motto is, uh, "If I don't have to do something, I won't, and if I have to do it, I'll do it quickly." <laughs> <laughs> so, as a result, obviously, he doesn't do a whole lot in his uh, in his school life. Uh, but he ends up, uh, at the urging of his sister, joining the uh, uh, the classic literature club because he thinks that nobody is in it. Um, and uh, instead, there is uh, one person in the classic literature club, uh, Eru Chitanda, um, who is uh, a girl who is extremely curious uh, about a lot of things. Uh, and as she uh, repeatedly mentions. Yes, in every every episode, I believe she says her catchphrase. I'm curious, um, and uh, in in their first meeting, uh, Chitanda finds that Oraki has a special talent for unraveling mysteries, basically, um, and from that point, she continues to worm her way. Uh, and uh, sort of wrap wrap him up in her influence uh, and get him to to help her with various small mysteries. Um, and uh, it's it's a fascinating show because it is very much a like the way I describe it, the way the plot sets up, it seems like it is a uh, a slice of life show. But it is at its very core a mystery show. Uh, mm -hmm. A show about setting up a mystery and then solving it. And the thing is, none of these mysteries are like, oh no, someone's dead, or oh no, this, or, um, you know. They are mysteries of a very uh, realistic uh, sort of... Uh, in a, a, re a realistic tone. It's more like, why did... You know, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Things that you could run into in real life that mm -hmm. normally you would just be like, oh, that was kind of weird. Oh, well. And, you know, forget about it. Chitanda gets wrapped up in that sort of thing. She yeah. wants to know. Yeah, as and far as the, as far as the level of, of the stakes go, it's kind of uh, along the same lines as Encyclopedia Brown, I would say. Yes, yeah. It's, it's a, I, would, I would say it is... It is like what Encyclopedia Brown wants to be, but in a so much smarter way. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't. I don't mean to direct compare it to Encyclopedia Brown directly in that way. It's much yeah. more, more thought. Well, I mean, it's not kids stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely uh, you know it's it's not uh, not for children, but not you know it's uh, but also. Another thing that I really like, like the the sort of mystery plots and things, those are those are all really fun. And those are, if it was just that by itself to recommend it, it would still be great, because all the characters are really strong. All the mystery, all the sort of mystery solving, is very interesting, um, and uh, and is very. It, it really enraptured me pretty quickly. You know, um, it manages to make 
um, these, you know, sort of, not banal, but these, like, real-life kind of mysteries seem so much more interesting just by the way that characters talk about it and the way they go through it. If it was just that, it would still be a good show. But also visually, they always choose an interesting way of visually portraying things. There's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of like experimentation, I think, on how they show people talking through these the various details of of whatever they're trying to figure out at the time. Because if they didn't do that, it would just be people sitting in a room and recounting what we already know. And so instead, they have a lot of interesting ways of showing people thinking through the details of what we have. Yes, um, yes. Yes. Yeah, a lot yeah. of, lot of uh, creative uh, differing uh, art styles. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot of changing art styles, a lot of uh, a lot of like sort of metaphorical sort of uh, imagery. Like one that I really liked was uh, there's a bit where uh, Oriki is trying to figure out something uh, and he's walking down the hallway and as he does the sort of walls of the hallway uh, become television screens that are showing different details of the of the mystery that he's trying to solve. Uh, and as he continues, so eventually soon he's just walking along this like wall of TVs that are all showing different different things. Uh, and as he centers on uh, the important detail that he had overlooked, they all become one one thing and then he and then he's like ah and then he is suddenly just standing back in the hallway again uh and they they didn't need to do that but it makes it so much more of an interesting show yeah it's uh it's fantastic it's i it was one of the uh one of the only kiwani series that that i hadn't seen and it really took me by surprise by how charmed i was by it well, and I, I think we've talked uh, before on this show about our love for Kiwani, So Definitely, yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised. And this, is, and this is from uh, what I would consider their golden age. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right up in there, uh, right, uh, right along in with uh, near Nichijo and Kaon and Haruhi and all these, different, uh, all these different shows that they made right bang right next to each other and in a really fantastic series of years. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a great show. All right, um, any anything else, or uh, are we good to good to move on? Good to go. Alrighty, uh, we're gonna take a break, and then when we get back, we'll have seen Otome Game No Hamatsu Flag Shikanai Akiyaku Rejo Nitensi Tent. I had to go for it. You fucked I had to it go up. For it. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll have seen Otome Game Villainous. (laughs) And we're back, and we've seen... Otome game villainous. That's all I'm going to call it. (laughs) 
What, you're talking about Otome Gemu no Hametsu Fragu Shikanai Aku Yakureja Nitense Shite Shimata? Or My Next Life as a Villainous, All Roots Lead to Doom? <laughs> that's that's right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. In case you couldn't tell, Nathaniel practiced in, between, in the intervening time. I've got this shit down pat, and I'm going to flex it at every possible opportunity. Well, feel free to do that. What What did you think about, what was it called again? <laughs> Oh, you mean Otome Gemu no Hametsu Fraga Shikanai Akuyaku Reja Nitense Shiteshi Mata, or My Next Life as a Villainous, <laughs> All Roots Lead to Doom. Yeah, you gotta say both of them. <laughs> what, what did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really uh, creative take on the isekai genre. Because there are sh- um, sure as sure fuck a shitload of these things. So. <laughs> there absolutely are. It's been uh, it's been the trend lately. Yeah, it yeah. Like. and it, I liked that it's she's it's still like the stuck in a game isekai, which there are a fuckload of. But the fact that that it's um, it's you know, obviously an otome game, as as it says in the title, um, kind of makes it a little more interesting because it's less about like everybody like fighting slimes or whatever to grind up their you know, MMO skills and more about like, how do I avoid the same social situations that, uh, that I get into in the game, which I, I thought was yeah. an interesting sort of concept. Well, yeah. Trying to, trying to hit flags and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And accidentally hitting flags that she wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that they handled it really creatively uh, and how they handled it in the plot where she, she changed uh, particular flags of the game and how that affected the, how the plot unfolded. Yeah, yeah. And how, like, a few... It, it's interesting that, like, a few key things she does as a child, like, change the game entirely, and she doesn't realize it. Uh, yeah, there's a, a couple that stood out, like, in, in episode two, where she, uh, where she steals Alan's flag by telling her... <laughs> Her friend, uh, her friend Mary, that uh, your green thumb makes you extra special and extra amazing, <laughs> and, and just a, just a single innocuous remark like that, like in an actual visual novel, completely changes the course of things. Yeah, and also I like that immediately after she says that, she's like, "Why does that sound familiar? Wait a minute." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Or, or in episode four, when she meets the the main character Maria, mm-hmm. and she ends up changing a scene uh, by protecting her from bullies, where Katarina was originally the bully in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she eats a bunch of food off the ground. <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> muffins, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe it's Maria's muffins. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, kind of a thread that runs through the anime. Is that she fucking loves sweets? She sure does a lot, like aggressively, just <laughs> pounding them constantly. <laughs> yeah, she does do that. There's uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of fun stuff, and all of all of the characters are super super charming in different ways, and they uh, they interact really well. I think. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's now, it's fun. Now, one, now one thing that I would say is that. Outside of the character of Katarina Kleiss, uh, the characters seem a bit thin and one-dimensional to me, which yeah. makes sense given that are... it's a parody of, yeah. of uh, visual novels and otome games. Yeah, they have they've got their one thing, and then yes. yeah, Katarina is the only like 
human per well not only human person i guess because of uh now wait a minute am i am i remembering correctly do they talk about that in the anime are you talking about how uh how sophia is yeah. the reincarnation yeah. of okay. her friend before they died yeah. yes i was i i didn't i was i almost was like wait a second am i just remembering this from the uh from the manga or did they talk and i had a like crisis of confidence all of a sudden <laughs> yeah yeah sophia is her her friend yeah, they yeah they definitely addressed that. Although they didn't right. completely explain the mechanics of it, I, uh, like, they never really did in the manga either. <laughs> that's that's fair because as far as I know, her real life friend isn't dead. Yeah, I I don't think she's like she's actually. I, I, I it's it's unclear. I think. Well, and actually, and actually, they have a scene towards the very end where Katarina, her character, goes back into the real yeah. world while she's in a coma and meets her still living friend so she's definitely not dead I think. yeah yeah but she's also reincarnated in the game apparently the, i guess yeah the mechanics of how katarina <laughs> actually is there and the knowledge that she brought over is not important to the story <laughs> what is important is uh katarina loves sweets and she loves farming uh and uh, everybody is increasingly confused about that I completely disagree. I feel like if you don't have the the physics explained of how a person gets reincarnated into a video game after their death, the whole thing is horseshit, and I don't want to hear about it. Okay, so this entire the, this entire series fucking sucks. The only series that you like is uh, <laughs> what's the one where the the girl gets or the the guy gets put into the body of a girl and uh, by God and. And she hates God, and uh, and it's like World War One. Oh fuck, Strike Witches, right? Uh, no, no, no that's a different one. Um, All right, well, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, then. Sorry, pal. Uh, fuck. No. This particular genre is not my area of expertise. Yojo Senki, that's what it's called. Saga of Tanya the Evil. <laughs> So I don't know. That one has a girl in it, so maybe we should watch it. Pay no attention <laughs> to the fact that. Uh, there that it's you know world war one but with magic but yeah back back to yeah. or my next life okay. as a villainous all roots lead to doom i appreciate you saying this the the whole thing every time continue to do that um so uh yeah I mean, but yeah the, the mechanics of it are never particularly explained but it's not important yeah what is important is how delightful katarina is because that's what the show is about essentially there is a plot but you know who cares <laughs> yes and, and although like i mentioned i feel like the rest of the characters are a bit one-dimensional katarina mm -hmm. is definitely a delight i would say yes yeah i mean that's that's what the whole like even even in the universe of the show itself, she is a delight where everybody just seems to be like, man, this girl is great. Just like everyone is brought towards her uh, uh -huh. in uh, the people, people who, you know, uh, who are reading the manga, the comments about her are like she's like a black hole in that she's <laughs> extremely dense and brings everyone close to her. <laughs> oh, yes, she's very, very dense. <laughs> It's what she does best is be dense. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. Um, what did you did you have a uh, like favorite favorite bits, favorite episodes, favorite things that happen in it? Would you say? Well, I 
I particularly liked the segments uh, with the meetings inside Katarina's mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were classics. Yeah, where they have a, a council of basically various aspects of Katarina's personality. And so fearless Katarina, spineless Katarina, happy Katarina, studious Katarina, etc. Argue, argue over how best to to proceed to prevent her from being killed or exiled as the villainess of this game. Mm-hmm. One thing I do like is while, while they are, you know, the, the different aspects of her personality, they're still all Katarina. So they're not like that different. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's like they, they do have a, a bend, but there are a couple times where they're, uh, where they're just like, ah, this is clearly, you know, they, they all come to one conclusion. That's not it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I have to say, I also have to say that uh, those segments uh, reminded me of the movie, which I have not actually seen, but the Pixar movie Inside Out. My oh, understanding yeah. is the the whole movie is a similar concept as it to is. What's happening yeah, here. I mean, it's it's definitely um, a little more. They go into it a little more obviously, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, but yeah is, it's a pretty this similar is more concept. of a. This is more of a short gag thing. Yeah, yeah. Or a short recurring gag. Yeah, but. It's, it's more or less, uh, more or less the same idea. You should see Inside Out, though. It's it's quite good. Should I? I en- I enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, as as with Pixar movies are, and I mean this isn't a Pixar like you know show, but um, they uh, it it gets a little more uh emotional than it would seem to be at first blush, which is you know interesting. Okay, so. Because it just seems like, aha, you know, brain stuff. But then it's like, there's there's other things that happen. Got it. Um, which is fun. So yeah, check it out. Inside Out. That's I should uh, I should have put that as my uh, <laughs> as my lesser show for this uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to do that. Hell no, we aren't. Yeah, fuck this weak Western bullshit. This is this is a weeb household. Yeah, yeah, and we and we talk about weeb shows only. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about uh, about <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> it's called Otome Gemun no Hametsu Furaga Shikanai Akiyakureja Ni Tensei Shite Shimata. Or My Next Life as a Villainous. All roots lead to doom. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, do you have? Because I, I feel like from a plot perspective, it's it's a lot more of like a character thing. From a plot perspective, there's not that much outside of her like avoiding her own doom, and then a little bit of plot there at the end. You know, with the uh, um, when she actually gets to that point. Well, I, I would have to disagree with you there because that was one of my favorite parts is seeing the plot unfold with how she uh, how she changes the flags to change her fate. That's and yeah. eventually and eventually, and this is the part that really cracks me up. She eventually basically hijacks the entire game and takes over as the protagonist. Yeah, now now she is the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I, I guess I what I don't mean to say is like it's not a weak plot. It's just like I don't know what to really say about it besides saying that that bit you know <laughs> uh, it, it is it is fun to watch definitely and and how they deal with it is very interesting um and uh, i also like that the only because because she so effectively like knows how to she knows everything about this game except for one specific route that she never got you know uh-huh and so that's the only one that that ends up being a threat in any way, you know, because she's, yep. she's effectively like dealt with all of these different, you know, 
problems that Katarina in the game causes for herself by being such a monster person. Uh, and she, you know, remedies that, but then the only person that she didn't like know about and know how to deal with is like, you know, there. That's actually something that I I did want to talk about. There is the, the twist at the end with Sirius Dika, AKA Raphael Walt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, which first off, I thought (laughs) his name is Sirius Dick. I did want to. I did want to bring up the bit of foreshadowing in the name. I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but it's very funny. I don't think so, but it makes it incredibly funny. Yeah, it's just like, wow, he is a serious dick. Oh, he really is. Um, but and yeah, there were there were a couple interesting things I found about that. First off, I felt like the the his backstory was surprisingly dark considering the tone of of the rest of the show with like child sacrifice and shit (laughs) it's like oh i didn't realize it was this kind of show exactly i mean i mean uh not not that i not not that i have anything against it i mean i'm always down to try and appease moloch but (laughs) (laughs) all right but but yeah, definitely definitely a change of of tone for the the show as a whole. Yeah, it kind of um, comes out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, uh, it's and, neat. I, and I also have to say, this is yet another example of how anime villains with some sort of redemption art arc always seem to get off really really easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off and atone for my sins. And I'm like, what did you do, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you testified against uh, Marchioness Dika and her underlings, but that's not penance. That's just snitching. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> and so he gets, then he gets a cushy job in the Department of Magic and everything. It's like, are, are we going to forget that this guy's, a, you know, kind of a nutso? <laughs> And say, I, and say. Per- personally, I'm with uh, Dostoevsky on this one. If you want something, if you want forgiveness for something that's essentially unforgivable, ten years hard labor in Siberia. Then we can talk about it. How's that yeah, sound? But pro- I don't think that there there is a Siberia for serious dick to go to. <laughs> well, and yes, that's an issue for him because he's in a fantasy world that presumably doesn't uh, include Siberia. But that's something that he's going to have to figure out. Yeah, he'll have to make his she, own Siberia. If, if Katarina can come from the real world world to his world, there's got to be a way for him to get to Siberia. So it's, yeah, that's fair. Maybe maybe if he's hit by a car on the way to school, he'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll go to Siberia. <laughs> I guess first they'll have to invent the car. Uh, and and I was I was also amused by the ending. How well as we we already mentioned, Katarina eventually became the protagonist of the game. Mm-hmm. And she got uh, she got uh, what the show called the friendship er- ending, but what I prefer to think of as the harem ending because that's funnier. Yes, and also what, it's what generally people have agreed is going on. <laughs> okay, everybody okay. everybody loves Katarina, like in <laughs> in a very in a very specific and real sense. Yeah, 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 but the. the the tone of the other characters, I was not getting friendship vibes from them no. the whole time. <laughs> Definitely not. They are uh, they are very aggressively uh, aggressively in love with Katarina. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's hard not to. <laughs> we're. I don't want to talk about that right now, though. That's for later. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, what, what did you, uh, since, since the plot is so, uh, so fun and good, uh, what did you think about the, uh, the fucking three, uh, filler episodes in a row? Uh, that, yeah, that was, um, a major weakness of it, I felt. Yeah. I mean, if it was a, if it was a slice of life show, that would, it would have been, it wouldn't have stood out or anything, but yeah. it's, it was a very plot driven show from the beginning, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, because she was always, you know, motivated by wanting to save her own skin uh, and uh, trying to change flags so that happens. And the fact that there are just kind of these episodes in the middle where that is not really a concern, she's just chilling, you know, right? it's, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> And especially since it's only a, a 12 episode anime, a one yeah. core anime, it's there's no real, real need to kind of stretch, stretch your legs like that in the middle with a little filler, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that said, I guess there's probably more that they could have adapted from like the light novel. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure they hit most things from the manga like it was it was pretty uh I don't think they they missed anything really um, that I can remember. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some small stuff that they that they passed by, but you know, uh-huh. I, I think it, it did a it did a pretty good adaptation of the manga. Um, okay, so the well, you would that, know more about that than me. Yeah, you should read the manga. It's good. Uh, the fact that they had to like, if they didn't put those filler episodes in, I feel like it would have they either would have had to have it three episodes shorter or end in a weird way where it's like either episodes are weirdly drawn out or, uh, or episode or like it ends, you know, at episode nine or whatever. And then the next three episodes are like half of an arc or whatever. I, I think that having three episodes of, uh, of filler in it is like a fair compromise. I don't know what else they would have done. Okay. Cause I did, well, you, I did find you would, them like still entertaining, you know? Right. Well, you would have a better uh, perspective on that aspect of it, uh, how it was adapted mm-hmm. because I haven't read the light novel or manga of Otome Gemu no Hametsu Fraga Shikanai Akuyakureja Nitensei Shiteshimata. Or my next life as a villainous, all roots lead to doom. I fucking knew that you were you were ramping up to an excuse to say <laughs> the title of this bullshit. Am I that predictable? A little, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to continue to call it otome game villainous or i've also heard people refer to it as bakarina oh okay yeah because because katarina she's a baka baka. yeah i see (laughs) (laughs) that that refers both to the character and the series right actually i believe uh, in my my manga reading app on my phone um the uh there's by the way there is a uh there is a a manga that is like a spin-off of this uh, that I believe is called my next my next life is a villainous uh, edge of destruction. Um, okay, where uh, her entire childhood as as Katarina Clias is exactly the same, and she doesn't trip and hit her head until she's at school, and only mm. then does she remember. Okay, uh, and so, so she's got a lot of catching up to do. Yes, yeah, exactly, and that's that's <laughs> what it's about. She's like, oh man, I am totally screwed um but that 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 does lead to a very different uh sort of story where i mean like it's not that different she's still like 
she still loves to farm and is a moron who loves sweets and stuff. Uh, but, uh, the fact that it happens so suddenly and up until like, a, like very recently, she was like this monstrous, like little wiener. Uh, and then she just like completely changes overnight. Everybody is in, in extremely weirded out by it. They're just like, uh, is this a trick? What's happening? Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, the reason I bring that up is because in my manga reading app, uh, they didn't bother to put the whole like title of it. It's just called Bakarina Altar, <laughs> 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 which I think is very funny. Uh-huh. So yeah, I w- if you uh, maybe maybe you don't want to read the manga because you read that already. Read uh, read Edge of Destruction or whatever it's called. I think it's called Edge of Destruction. Yeah. So I've just got one final point here, which is that the at the very end, they started to set up a second season of this by saying a, a new season that wasn't in the game script is about to begin. Mm-hmm. And I'm frankly not really sure how they're going to do that exactly because it seemed like a pretty well self-contained story to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was about it, it was about a visual novel and they reached the ending of the visual novel. She got the harem ending. Like, where do you go from there? Uh, I mean, well, in... The idea is uh, there was a second, uh, a second fortune lover game. Okay, uh, where uh, where uh, fucking Katarina Clias comes back from her uh, from the canon ending of her, uh, you know, ex- exile, and she like has dark magic, and she tries to like kill Maria. I think. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, All right. So suddenly they're starting fucking fortune lover too, but everything is completely messed up already. <laughs> huh? Okay. So, uh, uh we'll see. I, I haven't actually, I, I haven't read that much past this point of the, of the manga. I know there's a part where she gets like kidnapped. Um, which I thought was very funny because because uh, she's like she's been kidnapped and but people are treating her really nicely and she keeps forgetting that she was kidnapped. <laughs> Where she's like, "Man, this is great." Wait a minute, <laughs> that was funny because they they bring her muffins and stuff and she's like, "Awesome." Wait, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she's she's a simple girl. If you bring her sweets, she'll she'll be pretty pretty content. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, everybody's uh, it, it, you know, she's just chilling. <laughs> All she needs is a farm and some sweets, and she's fine. Uh, so there was uh, you don't don't really have anything else to say about the uh, about it, or no? I think I've said my piece. Uh, so then let's uh, let's move into uh, the the next segment on the show, which is the opening segment. What do you say? Well, i i liked uh, I liked the opening pretty well. I liked the opening. Uh, it was it was a. Uh, the, the the song has a very busy arrangement. I mean, it's got just instrument layered on top of instrument, <laughs> like piano, guitar, brass, strings, bells, acquired, like all the, yeah. the whole works. It's got the, um, the harpsichord. Yeah, which uh, it, which personally I like that style of arrangement a lot. Yeah, and so that really worked for me. And the song was very upbeat and catchy, mm-hmm. and I I liked. Uh, I liked the opening animation, how it kept showing scenes switching between her as an, at, when she was eight years old and fifteen years old, mm-hmm. sort of flow all flowing together. It's just a nice, nice piece. I'd yeah, say. I have to say, I think the 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 real strengths of the opening are, as you said, the animation of like showing her as a kid and like hanging out, and then 
her as a kid interacting with like the other characters and then those sort of like transitioning like she'll like they'll like turn and then they're both you know they're both older and she'll like she's yeah, it, the the way it transitions in between those scenes is very good um mm-hmm. and then i also think the other strength of it is the the vocal performance from the the singer the main singer anyway uh is really good because she kind of has two two different sort of voices that she sings in i guess three um throughout the throughout the opening uh that are like that kind of separate the song into two halves where like the first one um is like uh not whiny exactly but definitely it's more nasally more nasally yeah and then when that's all the scenes when she's a kid and then there's like the more operatic when she is you know when she's grown up um, right. and that I think provides an interesting sort of uh, musical version of that line you know between these two pieces of Katarina's life that we see uh, and then there's also the one where uh, where when it shows like Katarina's friend telling her like basically spoiling her on this game um she has like a, a sort of dorky voice for that as well that that's only like one line essentially uh-huh. uh but yeah I, I thought that was that was an interesting um you know a, a fun fun way of doing it and also i like the part at the end where she where she says where she says lucky really like intensely <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i really like this opening a lot i get it stuck in my head sometimes Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the ending, on the other hand, didn't stand out so much for me. It was a darker, more brooding, guitar-driven song. I guess it's called and, Bad End. <laughs> yep. Which is kind of funny. It is, yes. Um, and yeah, there was kind of a cool animation with a kaleidoscope effect that keeps cycling between Katarina's facial expe- expressions, going from cute and pleasant to malicious and devious. Mm-hmm. But in general, it just didn't stand out as much as the OP, I would yeah, say. Yeah, overall, it's it's not particularly memorable, especially in comparison to uh, to Otome Root no Hitotsu Janai or whatever it is. Uh, you know, the, the main the main opening song. Right. Um, right. That's because uh, that's very good. And the other one is just like, yeah, whatever. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Um, but uh, overall, I think they're. I think the ending is serviceable, and because the opening is so good, I think that uh, that that brings it through. You know. Right. Uh, did you have anything else you want to say about the opening, or should we move on to the not the main event, but certainly one of our favorite segments? I think we should move on. All right, it's time for uh, the best girl Olympics. Uh, now, in in the beginning. Well, was it at the beginning of this uh, this thing or, or last uh, last episode that I said that I would uh, I would hijack uh, the uh, the this segment and go first and take Katarina from you? I think I said that maybe both. You sure did, didn't yeah. you? Uh, I did say that, uh, and so that's what I'm going to do now. This show lives and dies off the uh, off the back of Katarina's charisma. That is the purpose of the show. Is uh, is she's great what else do you need <laughs> if i wanted to i could stop there but instead i won't i'm just going to continue blathering on about how charming katarina is because that's i'm not going to hold it against you here but you can back me up on this she's great <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah it's uh i don't know it it's honestly 
when I was thinking about how to like how to talk about it, I was like, I don't know how to describe what makes Katarina such a good character besides she's like charmingly oblivious and like simple, but not in like a way that is she's very pure, you know? Mm-hmm. She she doesn't she doesn't really like I don't know. It, it's a it's a it's a fun character. And I'd say that there's an interesting contrast between uh, that simple, uh, ditzy, oblivious aspect of her mm-hmm. personality compared to the whole plot where she's doing these devious calculations to save herself from being killed or exiled but using her knowledge of the game. Yeah, yeah. She's fucking metagaming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, is, it is interesting. But like... Th- She's still, it's fun because you you say like devious, but also uh, those those calculations are still very, very within her her, uh, her wheelhouse. You know, it's when right. you look at them, you're like, yeah, that's something that uh, <laughs> that Katarina would do, like carrying around the like fake snake to throw. <laughs> <laughs> to, to fucking freak Jordo out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 it does. That does and she's like practicing for and, that yeah, shit. And she practices making the, the toy snake better and throwing it better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and like her conclusion, it's like, if I need my magic to get better, I should commune with the earth. And my grandma told me that communing with the earth is what farming is. So I'm going to start a farm. And then she kind of <laughs> forgets that that's why she did that. Uh-huh. She's just like, eh, potatoes. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's, it's fun. <laughs> well, up against Katarina, yeah. I would suggest... Chairman Katarina from the meetings in Katarina's mind because her mustache is exquisite. <laughs> and also and it's also very funny how the voice actor changes her voice to sound like a stodgy old man while still being Katarina. <laughs> We're gonna need a minute. <laughs> Fucking moron. <laughs> You told you told me you had a different character. <laughs> okay, I guess she's technically a different character. It's Katarina, but she has a mustache. Exactly. Okay, well <laughs> let's fucking double back on this instead of regular Katarina going up against Chairman Katarina is studious Katarina because she has glasses <laughs> and that makes every everybody better except for the people who have glasses have bad eyes I guess that's not great for them but it's it looks good So I guess the debate is who wins, Katarina or or Chairman Katarina, an element of Katarina in her brain. <laughs> well, and I think that I think that uh, the way that you put that, and the the fact that it's just a dis- a different aspect of Katarina, I think that 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 says who wins. Yeah, yeah. Kat- Katarina is is also Chairman Katarina. It's it's an element of who she is. So you're either saying, do you want do you want part of a pie or a whole pie? I'll always take a whole pie, even if I'm not going to eat the whole thing right now. 
I feel like and my you, metaphor fell apart. <laughs> and you know what? I, I'm happy to give this one to you. I'm just glad that I got to make you laugh, buddy. Thank you. I, yeah, you really got me. You really caught me. <laughs> Fucker. You're like, oh, no, no. I, I, I've got another character to talk about. Yeah, sure. It's okay. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, but then that leads us to the the most difficult choice uh, of possibly our entire lives. Oh boy! Uh, and that's uh, who do we cast into hell? Uh, because that is what happens. Uh, <laughs> I feel like maybe we shouldn't keep uh, keep harping on that because it's going to start <laughs> feeling really bad. Because uh-huh. now uh, we're we're down uh, between the 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 current the current champion. Uh, who is, uh, I believe, uh, Ikamusume one. Isn't that correct? That's right. So Squid Girl or Katarina Klaas, who is the best girl? What do you think? I'm going to have to go with Ikamusume, man. You dense motherfucker. How could you? How could, I, can't, I can't imagine this betrayal. This betrayal. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I mean, I, I don't know. What can I say? Why, why Ikamusume? Well, it she's from a stronger show overall. Her character design, I would say, is stronger. Mm. And yeah, yeah, mm. I would. Well, no, no, keep keep going. Um, and and I think that uh, Katarina benefits a bit from being surrounded by a less fully fleshed out cast, whereas Ikamusume uh, is is surrounded by uh, loads of, of lovely, delightful characters, and she still manages to steal the show. So I would say she's stronger in that regard. Hmm. And, uh, and I don't know. Both, both of their personalities have, have their different appeals, but uh, Ika, Ika's naivet um, it just, just really, really hits something in my heartstrings, I would say. She's more devious, I would say, you know? She's always trying to, to overtake humanity uh, but she's really bad at it she is really bad at it <laughs> um i uh i hope you uh you set aside some some time uh for this episode because okay because uh, i think this is going to be the longest episode okay uh in our history because uh, i'm pretty sure this is going to be turned into a screaming argument <laughs> all right i'm not i'm not going to give up that i th- i think katarina should win uh because she's She's great. Have you seen the show? She <laughs> no, um, I mean, honestly, uh, I do really like Katarina, and I think uh, I do. Man, the thing is, you you bring up some good points, mm-hmm. but I don't think that like your point about Squid Girl still steals the show, even though you know there there are other good characters surrounding her. the The point of of the show of my next life as a villainess the show is about katarina stealing the show like that is the point of it you know True, that's a fair point that is that's not just the point of the show that's the plot <laughs> <laughs> the plot is there was a different show katarina shows up and she's so delightful that the show is now about her <laughs> 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 it's hmm. hard to beat that sort of superpower that that they're like let's make a character that is so com- charismatic and likable that uh that she just people naturally gather around her and are like man this girl's awesome 
And I do think that when you said she is that Ika Musume has uh, has a better design, I think her design is definitely more more iconic, more like mm-hmm. immediately recognizable as this is Squid Girl. But I think that is in part because it is a lot more simple. It is like you know, I, from an iconography perspective, she has a a, a few symbolic things that are immediately recognizable as squid girl. Whereas I think Katarina's character design is less concerned with being like immediately recognizable as like, this is Katarina Clias from my next life as a villainess. Instead, it's more concerned with being not, not, uh, not extravagant exactly, but you know, fancy. She's got fancy. She's got a fancy dress. Uh, she's got good hair, uh, and uh, I, I think that those together are still are still pretty immediately recognizable as Katarina. Like if you see a flash of her, you'll be like, "Hey, wait a minute!" That okay. was uh, that was the main character from from Otome Game Villainous. Um, I I think that uh, just things like her dress design and her hairstyle, and I mean, I guess her scar went away, but uh, but uh, I I think that those are are still I think that's still a very good character design. I like the way the, I like the way she's designed a lot. Okay. Uh, that and uh, there's also her farming outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty iconic with the, fair, uh, fair. with, you know, her, uh, her not napkin, her fucking uh, handkerchief thing tied up over her head and stuff and her hoe. <laughs> I don't know. It's, All right. Uh, well, well, I hear your point. Okay. And I guess my response would be, fuck you. Your taste in anime is shit. I hope you get hit by a deadly Japanese truck. But if I get hit by a deadly Japanese truck, then I'll like go off to some isekai show and then I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, dude. Well, that that's uh that's another thing that I do like about this show is the suggestion that that all the countless hours that I've spent playing video games could have some sort of use in another life, even theoretically. Yeah, only only if you remember specific details about whatever game that you go into. Because <laughs> that's the thing, is like, if, if she went into a game that was just like, I don't know, fucking World of Warcraft or whatever, she'd be boned. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she went into specifically Fortune Lover and was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I was just playing this. <laughs> that's that's what saved her ass. So, uh-huh. like, I, I feel like uh, it's still a crapshoot as to whether the game that you enter into is like will save you if you have that knowledge. So it's like if if, for instance, you went into like if you were hit by a deadly Japanese truck and you went into uh, I don't know what's a what's a game you don't know anything about Final Fantasy fourteen. Sure, if you went into that boned absolutely boned um but if you went into say the chaos rhythm game <laughs> i think you'd be doing all right you know a lot about that i fair amount yes well it's it certainly brings up some interesting theological issues that i'll have to consult with my priest about <laughs> you'll have to come back next episode and let us know <laughs> but anyway back to who's best girl yes yeah I don't I don't want to give this up to Squid Girl. I'm sorry. Oh boy. This is it seems we're at an impasse. Oh boy. 
Well, I don't know. I've still got still got my opinion, but if you feel that strongly, I guess you can have it, buddy. Yeah, you think so? Remember, Squid Girl does go into hell when she loses. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. We really shouldn't have made that a condition. Yeah. I'll also have to consult with my priest about that. <laughs> yeah, ask ask your fucking priest about about whether Squid Girl is all right with going to hell. <laughs> she could probably conquer it if you think about it. Better chance than conquering Earth, I would think. Yeah, I mean, probably because she's really bad at that. <laughs> yeah, she it's it would hard to be worse at conquering hell. I think I, <laughs> like you can't be much worse than she is right now at uh, at conquering Earth. She's really bad. <laughs> She can't even conquer the Lemon Beach House. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's something that I can use to better uh, to better convince you that Katarina is uh, is a better uh, better girl is uh, their relative effectiveness. <laughs> that that's a fair point. Because, Katarina yeah. is certainly more competent. Well, okay. Well, let's not go that far. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say she's competent. Uh, she is, uh, but she is effective. She knows, she knows what she has to do, and she does it. Squid Girl knows what she has to do, and and completely does not uh, does not make plans. Period. <laughs> uh, and uh, and doesn't get too far on on her goals. Uh, Katarina, on the other hand, is self actualizing. She knows what she wants to do, and she's going to do it, even if it is through unorthodox, uh, you know. Uh, ways like throwing a throwing a toy snake and uh, and farming. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay. I've reconciled myself to sending Squid Girl to hell because I know that I'm going there when I die. And yeah, you'll that way we'll be again. that that way we can reunite. So maybe okay, maybe let me. Uh, maybe this should. Maybe this should introduce a a new a new element to the best girl Olympics. Okay, I'm listening. Allow me to allow me to present this um this idea. What about uh the Hall of Fame? Not uh not like for the show entirely, but maybe if in a time like this there is a girl that one of us cares about so particularly strongly that we don't think that they should lose but you you still don't want her to go to hell okay you can put her in reserve in in your in your personal uh best girl yeah per- yeah <laughs> squid girl can go to purgatory okay but I, I i think i can i think i can live with that but only only one only one character can go in purgatory at a time. So if you oh, if, so if we run into it. if we run into another character that you don't want to lose so strongly, but you don't think should should win, then then they go to purgatory and Squid Girl leaves and goes to hell. Okay. Okay. Okay, I think that, that that's a good way to handle it cuz yeah, we would be we could definitely be at loggerheads for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But and I think that later once once we run across another character who is by all accounts better than Katarina, I am going to need this rule in order to 
Okay, okay. So, the, the so, so you're thinking ahead for your own selfish purposes too. Exactly. I respect it. I'm always thinking ahead for my own selfish purposes. That's the only reason. Not I'm unlike Cotterine. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm only. I'm only in this for setting my own flag so that I will survive this podcast. <laughs> because at the end, whoever holds the whoever holds the best girl, uh, the other one is killed or exiled. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't realize this when we started this. I didn't realize it either until I just discovered that in our ancient scroll. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it says my right shit. Well, well, listeners, I guess we will be continuing this podcast for a very long time. Then, yeah, or it's our only hope. <laughs> Or, or, or it'll be short, and then one of us will be in the news. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so I guess what we're coming to is Katarina Klaas is the winner of the Best Girl Olympics for this time, and uh, Squid Girl moves to Purgatory, where she shall live in a sort of, you know, a s- state of suspension until later. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this is going to work out. I think so. I think so. Because now, now, even if you don't think that your personal Best Girl of the uh, of the thing should should continue on uh you still get to talk about squid girl sometimes exactly and that's really what this show is all about yeah talking about squid girl sometimes not every time but sometimes <laughs> the rest is just filler yeah fuck that <laughs> fuck that other shit we're here to talk about squid girl sometimes if you've seen her blue tentacles they're great <laughs> Uh, I feel like we didn't mention that, uh, I guess we did in passing, but uh, Katarina can do earth magic, but she can only make a small bump, and that's very funny to me. It is, it is very funny, yeah. She's just like, boop. I like that. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I assumed what they first showed when her her magical ability manifested at the age of five, and I assumed it was because she was so young, but apparently that's just, that's just her hard limit. Yeah, that's the entirety of her magical potential. <laughs> Because she's clearly been practicing, but uh, her I think her earth bump is only like slightly larger than it was when she was a child. <laughs> anyway, uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about uh, about what is it called? Otome gemu no hametsufraga shikanai akuyaku reju ni tensei shiteshimata, or my next life as a villainous. All roots lead to doom. Thank you. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about it, or should we move on to the uh, the end of the show here? Let's move on. Okay. Um, next time we're going to be watching uh, Uma Musume Pretty Derby. Do you know anything about Uma Musume Pretty Derby? Uh <laughs> Uh, just that, just the concept of it being about cute anime girls who are also racehorses. Yeah, yeah, they are racehorses. Not like they're not just named after racehorses or anything like that. They just are racehorses, <laughs> and and specific ones. <laughs> and they're in a race. Um, but before we sign off, we have to get to our, our final thoughts and our ratings. For oh, the show. that's right. I'm sorry. I'm a speedy speed boy. Uh, and I, uh, I tried to try to go right past that. Um, yeah. What, what would you say, uh, your, your final rating is for, for, uh, Otome Game no Hamatsu Flag Shikanai Akiyako Rejo Nitensei Shitishimata? 
oh shit <laughs> you thought i was you thought i wasn't doing it just because i couldn't huh <laughs> i needed to flex on you there well i there was a lot to like about this show mm-hmm. i thought that it was a really creative use of the isekai genre um and i liked how it played with all these visual novel conventions um, and of course, as we've already discussed, the c- character of Katarina was very strong and carried the show. Um, on the negative side, uh, anyone who wasn't her uh, was a bit more thinly characterized. That's fair. Which makes sense given that it's an Otome game, but still it seems as a, it's like a weakness to me. And there was also the filler that we talked about where the show just sort of faffs about aimlessly for a few episodes. Yeah. But I don't know. I I still enjoyed that filler was the thing. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm not sure that I, I enjoyed it quite as much as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did uh, I did enjoy it uh, a, a a fair amount though. I would give it three stars. Okay, I I I, I would say I did enjoy it more than you did. Um, I I don't know if even though I I, I guess the characters are a little. Uh, thin i still think they're very entertaining um and uh and have have good uh sort of interaction with katarina specifically which is what really matters they don't interact too much with each other um but i don't think that uh, that is a a huge negative to the show well and it is an otome game it is so. an otome game they have to interact with the protagonist only um because <laughs> or else you're not gonna like See, they don't have know. they don't have lives outside of their relationship to yeah. the the player. I guess I think, that's not how it works. I think the other strongest character, like from a like character perspective, uh, is uh, Maria, the Maria Campbell, the who, which makes sense actually as well because she is the original protagonist she's, of fortune lover uh, she's ostensibly the main character of the game yes exactly so so it makes sense for her also to be like a little more fleshed out than the other characters because it's like mm-hmm. you know it's there's this one likes books this one is uh you know they they all they all have their one thing um, but, uh, but Maria has, yep. has a little bit more going on because she's the protagonist. Um, right. So I, I think that she's good as well, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think I'd, I'd have to land on a, uh, on a four or five to me. That's, that's, okay. that's my opinion. Sure thing. I think, is that the first time that we've ever, uh, that we've been different? Oh no, we've, we've differed before, uh, since the second episode with, uh, Gotobun no Haneyomi. Oh yeah, that's right. Forgot we watched Gotobun no Haneyomi. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but I, I, I like that an unreasonable amount for what show it is. <laughs> the second season's coming up. I'm excited. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get to see all that Yotsuba action, all that Nino action, all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm I'm joking. I would never forget about um uh, whichever one. <laughs> the joke is I do remember all five sisters' names. Right. Don't worry about it. Um <laughs> Alright. But yeah, ne- next week we're watching uh we're watching Umba Musume Pretty Derby. Um it's a show about horse girls and racing and uh and not uh, not just horse girls. Uh cute anime girls who are also racehorses. Yeah. So uh, so look forward to that. I don't know anything about this show. I watched one episode, but I barely remember it. I remember that there's a little more sports anime in it than I thought there was going to be. 
um, but that's not that much. So, <laughs> well, we'll be, well, we'll have to talk all about it next time. Yes, we will. Uh, and uh, so we'll see you next time. Uh, this is manly anime. This was this was a manly anime for manly. Fucking goddamn it! You fucked it up, bro. I fucked it up, bro. What the bro. fuck? I'm keeping my shame in. <laughs> this was manly anime for manly men. Thank you for doing your part to save anime. Yeah.